Hi everyone and welcome to the Friday, August 28th installment of the Silicon Insider, the only uncensored look at life and business in the Valley. We're again at my house in Sunnyvale, still quarantined but ready to go. My name is Mike Malone and I've been covering this town longer than anybody. I'm here with our special contributor, Scott Budman, business and tech reporter for NBC Bay Area. Our producer is Jordan Henderson and our host for this podcast is, again, the Silicon Valley Business Journal. Okay, let's begin. IPO, IPO Bonanza Week, or as you wrote me, IPO Woe. All this week, too. All this week. They all chose the same time to file, uh, which made it all the more dramatic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have Palantir, Airbnb, Asana, Snowflake, and Unity. Yeah, those are the ones that uh, stick out in terms of some of the big ones with big numbers. Obviously, Palantir has gotten huge funding. Essentially all software. Yeah, you know, Airbnb is an app. Yeah, it's an app. Uh, Asana by uh, one of the Facebook founders, Dustin Moskovitz, software. Um, you know, Snowflake and Unity. We're, we're really living in a software world, and it's fitting that they'd come out now because as our economy is really... Uh, shifting into has and have nots, if you will. Right. Uh, the software companies, I mean, just in the last couple of days, the earnings for Workday and Salesforce, oh, Nutanix. Oh, yeah, right the roof. Yeah, all these companies that, that deal in software. Uh, and so everybody wants to jump Salesforce. in. I mean, Oof. well, they were just named to the Dow. Well, They're going to yeah, be one of the Dow. Well, I know that. We're going to go into that for a second. But yeah. why did they have a great quarter? I mean, it seems to me they... Right. Uh, well, be I think it's because, and remember, their whole thing was, you know, circle slash software. We don't want any physical product. Right. And who is doing well during a pandemic? Virtual. Everybody yeah, virtual. virtual. Yeah. Right. So Salesforce <laughs> is still how companies communicate. We talked about uh, one of their competitors, Slack, also having a moment because you're at your home, I'm at my home, our boss is at his or her home, you know, and it all sort of goes that way. Uh, so Salesforce is taking advantage. Well... Bully for them. I mean, the market's going. What's how the market do today? Do we have any opening? Yeah, the opening was bell? was decent. I think uh, it, it wasn't one way or another. So okay. it was sort of bouncing around as a Friday morning. But recently, we've hit new records. But these guys are all going out today. No, no, no. They filed oh, this they week. They filed this week. So it's going to oh. take some time. And and that's the interesting thing about an IPO now, uh, because you were talking about this earlier. All the steps that it takes to get there. Yes. Which is one thing. Because I had a question. I mean, yeah. it's a three-month process, mm -hmm. at least. Usually it's six months. And I just worked with a guy on a book. Uh, he, said, he said, basically, you start 18 months ahead. Yeah. You know, Steve Cakebread just has a new book coming out about the actual process of getting ready for all this. And you literally have to change your company. You have to build an A team and a B team. And the A team is half staff. And they're running the whole company while the other half is out doing road shows and presentations. You got to file a perspective with the prospectus with the SEC. This is a long process. So, sure. And remember, and we heard this over the last few nights with the uh, Republican National Convention. Prior to the pandemic, the economy was firing on right. all cylinders uh, when a lot of these companies had started that process. But the road shows, I mean, were they via Zoom or? Were... It would have to be Zoom. <laughs> yeah, well, and then so literally. If they're filing now, right. they started planning this in the middle of the pandemic, early in the pandemic, which means they had enough optimism that the economy, that we were going to beat this and the economy was going to turn around, that they actually started the process. They went into the tube uh, for an IPO. 
which is incredible, you know? Right, and we saw, you know, one case, Airbnb really can't do anything in secret. It's just too well covered. Um, yeah. I mean, their entire people at like, you know, the Wall Street Journal and Bloomberg and MarketWatch that just focus on Airbnb. So we knew not only that they had IPO aspirations, but also that they were kind of getting kicked in the shorts during the pandemic yeah. because, you know, how many of us want to go into a stranger's home? How many of us want strangers in our home? The right. Airbnb model kind of came to a halt, yeah. uh, yet we knew the overall model. And again, people say, how is the stock market so high during this time of economic uncertainty? And the only thing that I can come up with is optimism about the future. And people yeah. say, this Airbnb model is really changing the travel world. And assuming that there is a travel world... And you know, in theory, you might want to stay in somebody's house rather than going into a giant hotel that has 4,000 people staying the night there. Right. Crowding the lobby, crowding the bar. Well, and Airbnb has done a couple of I mean, charitable there, things. I mean, saying there, I mean, but if there's a psychological shift going on yeah. to not ever being in big crowds again, plays in Airbnb's hands. It does. And to their credit, they opened up a lot of their homes uh, to fire victims and things like that here in California. Oh, yeah, they're doing all the right things. Right. Um, and what they're not doing is, is turning a profit. And I think what people say is this is going to change. And, you know, you can look at uh, a lot of the travel companies, you know, Travelocity, yeah. uh, Priceline, Expedia. They're public, very high valuations. You look at Airbnb, which is kind of eating their lunch to a certain extent. Yeah and say, well, why not them? And I think this is one of those plays where people don't want to miss out on what Airbnb is doing to the travel industry. So where does the pipeline reach its end with these? If they're filing now, they're, they're gonna wait for SEC approval, which will take a few weeks, and then they just sort of sit on their hands waiting for that day they decide, their underwriters say, okay, we go today. Yeah, and so what they do is they price so, the night before. Well, they'll come out with a range. Right, and they have to and be careful, and they have to go yeah. into their quiet period. Right. They have to keep their mouth shut. They can't do anything not already in their business plans, which is the other reason why you have to start early, because you can't make any mid-course corrections True. during a quiet period. And you gotta keep your you got to keep all of your executives and your underwriters, who tend to be the ones that blab trying to predict a price, <laughs> and then they, they you know the whole... Yeah, it's, it's it takes a while, and it's so we're taking a while during a global pandemic. This Halloween? is a tough time. Um, possibly. Mid, yeah. Mid, but, and, and right, and you don't want to be much later. No. Because once you get into past, say, mid-November... Yeah, once you get into Black Friday and all right, that Right, people craziness. take off on vacation. I mean, in the real, in the regular world, people so, take off on vacation. So we're really going to see an explosion of IPOs. Yes. Probably mid-October. Early October to mid-October, maybe a few late September if they see an open window. And then their lockout period, three to six months. Right. So we'll see real money beginning next year. There's going to be a lot more homes, big homes being bought next year. And yeah. that's the thing. Is it going to line up with more homes coming back on the market? Yeah. Remember, right now, the home price in the Bay Area for homes for sale has stayed high because the quantity on the market has stayed low. People don't, right. you know, they're not doing that whole thing. Um but the big question mark in all of this is when do we feel safe again? When do we feel like we can go into each other's homes or walk around without a mask or, you know, right. feel safe about this? And uh, it's just so strange in some ways and I guess optimistic that all these companies are actually filing to go public. Not just 
hey, we're still on the market and we hope you buy our stock and hang in there, everybody, but literally saying, we hope you have an appetite for risk, yes. the kind of risk that an IPO brings. And uh, if you look at the other software companies that are already trading, you see there is that appetite. Well, you know, pandemics do unusual things in the long term, too. I mean, you look at the 20s. The 20s are not only the reaction to the end of World War One, but they're the reaction to the end of the Spanish flu. And America went crazy. It went on a crazy burst of growth and optimism and everything else. It's sort of like you dodged a bullet. You're still walking around. Let's go, 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 because you don't know how long you have. Yeah. So who That's knows? Right. Now, Palantir. I want to go back to Palantir because we talked about how their CEO just slammed the valley last week for being a monoculture that you know wanted nothing to do with the defense industry and all that. Is Palantir still a Silicon Valley company? Do we count it now? Well, I think for now we do. It's, and there but will it always be. It's one under under Colorado, right? In Denver, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I guess for now it is, and it'll always have a lot of workers here, and I imagine. Um, some ties with whether it's Stanford or Sand Hill Road or whatever it is. Yeah. But if they become a Denver company, uh, they become a Denver company. And that almost makes sense given what they do. It's hard to be secretive in Silicon Valley. Well, that's There's true. just too much coverage and too many spotlights on you. Palantir has always been secretive. Um, and so that just doesn't go with the Silicon Valley culture. We cover tech yeah. like other places cover, you know, the regular news. Yeah. Well, but the CEO burned his bridges about the valley. And, and I, I actually got, I got a note from our Massachusetts correspondent, Bob Grove, and he asked a very interesting question. He said, uh, high-flying software company should have a blockbuster IPO, but will it? And what he's asking is, will the tech community support you know, the efforts of a CIA-backed company? I mean, this guy has slammed the valley, basically called everybody here unpatriotic, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the people who buy, you know, cutting-edge software companies' stock at IPO tend to be major investors and tech-savvy people. But here in Silicon Valley, will the 25- to 40-year-olds actually buy Palantir stock, or is this going to be a weird IPO for them? I suspect it will be a big IPO. Do you? Because I say... The stock market, and again, this is that sort of division of the economy. The stock market is made up of, you know, large funds that want to follow the money. Yeah. And they do so greedily. And I say that as a capitalist. Yes. They want that money. Palantir has potential to make money. It has government clients. Remember right. in the dot-com crash in 2000, who still made money? Companies that did software for government clients. Right. Because the government's going to be around. And they're yes. going to be big and bloated and have all this information that needs to be tracked. And that's what Palantir does. Yeah. But remember, these big funds also run a scam. And we all know the scam, which is they buy up all the stock at IPO. They hold it for about a week and a half while there's pent-up demand out there by those one-share consumers. And then they dump it on those consumers. The consumers buy it all, take the loss as they ride the stock down. Then the big funds come back in at, at the discount price and Bring it back up. All right, so you've described the exact trajectory of Facebook. Yeah. Where is Facebook right now? Public enemy number one. True. In the Bay Area, oh my gosh, do liberals like Facebook? No, it's costing them the election. Yeah. Uh, but boy, Wall Street loves Facebook. Well, that's true. So tell me they're not just following the money. Facebook, by the way, extremely profitable now. In yeah. the early days when people were selling that stock and it went down to 17, 
they were losing money. They had, remember, they hadn't quite figured out mobile. Once they did, and I was at the TechCrunch press conference where they talked one-on-one -on -one with Zuckerberg, and he said, I think we discovered mobile. The stock went up like 20% that day in one day. Yeah. And since then, it's been on a tear. Um, Palantir, uh, there's almost something, I don't know, sexy about secrecy when it comes to technology. Right. And, and government contracts, well, again, are the well, one sure thing. It does give Red State America a tech stock they can love. <laughs> well, maybe into. so, yeah. So, you know, maybe it'll work. Okay, um, today's the day of the stock splits. It's, it's Or today or tomorrow. I think it's either today or Monday, yeah, the 31st. Yeah, Monday. Apple splits, Tesla splits, I believe on the 31st, right. yeah. And both have been on fire since announcing their splits. Yeah, and we're, you know, we, we've always, for 20 years, we've known the power of tech and how it was growing and becoming dominant and all that. But now it's locked into uh, our, whole our, our whole economy. Uh, Salesforce uh, and Amgen and Honeywell have now joined the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Yeah, and the thing that jumps out at me, and, and you just said it in terms of how tech is locked into our economy, is Salesforce, you know, in the grand scheme of things, still a relatively young company. Yeah. Certainly compared to a lot of the companies on the Dow. Um, but wow, I mean, a and virtual And it's a Dow software. Jones Industrial Average. <laughs> but it really isn't. Okay. <laughs> this is a company that writes code. Okay. It's a software company. It doesn't have a factory anywhere. It doesn't have inventory. It doesn't have all the things you think of for an industrial company. And right. yet it's now part of the index that defines the health of the American economy. Yeah, and think of some of the tech companies that, you know, sort of infiltrated the Dow and gradually, right. you know, at first it was the, you know, the Intels of the world. Yeah. And, and then Cisco made it. And whoa, Cisco, now that's tech, wow. Right, for like 20 years it was only HP that had made it. And right. And, and IBM. And HP, IBM, both, I mean, now IBM not so much, but, you know, Hardware-based. Hardware, yes. Uh, Intel, certainly. They make chips. They make something. Industrial companies. Yeah, yes. even when Cisco made it on, it was this, whoa, I can't believe it, but they, they make go. routers. Well, well, yeah, they make routers. Okay. Yeah, the internet's big. Apple gets on. Okay, still hardware Yeah, for the most part. Um, Salesforce? Yeah. yeah. You know, they have a big tower, but Salesforce doesn't need anybody to be in any specific place. Right. It is a thoroughly modern company. Um, now, to their, let's see, to their credit, they're killing it on earnings um, you know, Mark Benioff has donated millions to help sure. fight homelessness. Wall Street doesn't care about uh, that. To his discredit, the layoff-free guarantee yeah. not only apparently expired, <laughs> yeah. but it expired on the day when they had, A, their highest earnings ever, and B, their highest stock price ever. Um, the optics of that, and granted, they yeah, said about a 1,000 people, boy, we're going to offer them different jobs in the company. Yeah. I'm no HR person, but there's got to be a better way to put that out there. That looked terrible. Yeah, that looks kind of like the old Thomas Nass cartoon, <laughs> the guy in the tuxedo with the money bag for a head. Yeah. I mean, it's not the old, right, the old, what was it, Chainsaw, whatever his name was, where, you know, we make... Al Dumlop. Thank you. Yes, I interviewed him once. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, to say we, we boost the stock price by getting rid of people, uh, that's, that's not how people think anymore, at least, you know, publicly. And so bad move on Salesforce. They had a very mixed week. Yeah. If you're a Salesforce shareholder, woof. You know, you're doing great. If you're an employee who's facing... You're cowering under your desk waiting for your name to be called. Yeah, at a time when your company has never yeah. been this strong. It's just a bad look. Uh, what was weird about these new members of the Dow Jones Industrial, the one that struck out struck me was Honeywell. Right. That seems like such a 50s company. How did it suddenly make the Dow Jones Industrial Average in 2020? 
Yeah, I, I honestly, uh, you know, and I, and I cover a, a tech, so I, I don't... Kicking off right. ExxonMobil, ExxonMobil. Yeah, that was the surprise. So let's take Salesforce <laughs> versus ExxonMobil. Yeah. Wow, that's a thoroughly modern kicking. Right. <laughs> I mean, ExxonMobil is still one of the biggest companies, both in size and market cap. On the planet, yes. And I would argue it's still one of the most important companies yes. in the world. Um, and yet it's off. Big surprise to me. Um, Amgen, I get it. Healthcare giant, that's yeah. really where the future is. And Raytheon is. gets kicked off. You know, Raytheon, yeah. It hasn't been important for a number of years. Um, but Pfizer also, uh, I mean, that's a drug. Big pharma? pharma giant. Right now? Yeah. If, if, if you were to say, uh, okay, Scott, you cover tech, and you yeah. think it's the biggest thing in the world, but what might be bigger? I would say healthcare and pharma, and maybe even energy. Yeah. And so I'm surprised to see Pfizer and ExxonMobil off just because they are still so important to our overall right. economy. I mean, if Exxon today had a mass layoff, woof, we'd feel that. You know, if Pfizer missed on a drug and, and lost whatever, you know, it was a, a cancer drug or a, yeah. you know, they're just, it, their pipeline is so big, we'd really feel that in the economy. Yeah, exactly. You know, I used to, I remember when Intel made the Dow Jones and thinking, oh God, they're gonna put a chip company? Yeah. On the, so they're so volatile. And then yet in 2001 and two, as the rest of the stock market started to fall, Intel was the only company holding up the Dow Jones for almost a year. They managed to have positive quarters and hold the, the rest of the economy up. Well, so, look, at, look at some of these companies. I mean, all right, now that we've seen virtual software, yeah. you know, Salesforce is literally, yeah. doesn't make anything. Uh, what's next in the tech world? Is it social media? I mean, Facebook is, what, an $800 billion? You know, I think Facebook might be the next one on the Dow Jones. Why not? Although, boy, there's controversy that comes with that company now. Sure. But, um, but there was you... controversy with IBM when it made it. True. True. You know, uh, you know and I, I noticed... Uh, well, we're getting further and further from reality, from physical reality. <laughs> right. So, you know, hmm. Okay. Uh, Abbott Labs is in the news again. The, yes. uh, a new COVID rapid test. Trump announced a $750 million deal, and the stock went up to one ten a share. Boy, I, you know, being in the vaccine business, it's good times right now. Well, it's interesting. So reality Abbott, is going to assert itself later this year. Yeah, we've seen some of these vaccine uh, companies trying, whether it's Gilead, Moderna, some of the ones overseas, and their stock prices have risen. Abbott Labs has kind of bridged an interesting gap. It's managed to be a bipartisan company. Yeah. Um, because President Trump has largely discounted the, I mean, he said, well, we'll get a virus, you know, we'll get a vaccine. But right. meanwhile, he does his speech just last night in front of, what, a thousand people maskless. Yeah. Maskless, yes. Uh, and, and very close quarters. And people are looking at that going, whoa, uh, you know. Um, yet he says, let's embrace the Abbott test. So Abbott has really crossed partisan lines, good for them, and I think that's why yes. their stock prices doubled during this pandemic, because they're saying, look, it doesn't matter if you're on the left or right or where you stand, uh, we're gonna come up with the test, and then a faster test, and then et cetera, et cetera, and um, that puts them squarely in the we're necessary category. Yeah, and it's a lot safer position in, to be in than I think one of those companies questing for that vaccine. So many things can go wrong. There's only gonna be one winner, and the other ones are going to, you know, really get crushed. Yeah, I mean, the only way there's more than one winner is, is because some of them are working together, and that I yeah. like to see. But yes, you're right. Okay, TikTok. Another big TikTok story. saga continues. Okay, now this is weird. I read this. I had to read it three times. Microsoft 
and Walmart are teaming up to buy TikTok. That's the latest word. Aren't they both on the Dow, by the way? <laughs> yeah. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that what a weird marriage. Yeah. I, I guess. I guess Walmart wants to do this deal. They want to be the majority owner of TikTok. So they've been shopping it around to tech companies. Yeah. Be our tech partner buddy on right. all this. And we'll go in and we'll do this marriage. You know, it's not a bad strategy. Walmart has wanted TikTok for a long time. And it's sort of like, I don't know if you're, uh, well, heck, if you're either presidential candidate right yeah. now, you're in your 70s and you're like, how am I going to get the young vote? If you're Walmart, you're like that 70-year-old candidate who really wants the young shopper and that hip factor. But TikTok? I don't know. Why not? I mean, it is the hottest thing out there in media right now. Yeah, and I'm 15. I'm a 15-year-old girl wanting to buy cosmetics, you know. And I'm well, looking, right. I mean, and, and 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 oh, who owns TikTok? Walmart. Well, okay, the other well, that's suitors. A kiss of death. The other suitors are Microsoft. Yeah. They've botched this sort of thing before, and Oracle, which. Right. Not exactly synonymous with social Where media. Where hot products go to die. <laughs> I mean, if if it's done well, it will be done very hands-off. Right. Um, you know, Facebook for a while, before it decided we have to brand this by Facebook, I'll bet a lot, a large percentage, maybe even the majority of people that used Instagram didn't know it was a Facebook company. Right. Same with WhatsApp. And that's good well, if you're a young person. Yeah, and they wanted it. Facebook wanted it that way. Yeah, they so if it's, becoming old, if it's TikTok old by Walmart... Yeah. Woof. You know, look out, because who wants to be part of that? Um, but if it's TikTok that just happens to have a huge bank account whenever it needs to grow or do marketing or whatever, that might be worth something. Yeah, but you know, it smacks of the same old game that you gotta hit. You gotta get the hot young company to get the kids. But the companies that decide that always seem to kind of miss. You know, Microsoft takes it. Microsoft is doing big stuff right now, but. For years and years, they've not been an innovator. They really, it's like they have grand designs, but they can't execute anymore. And, you know. I think if you look at the TikTok. It was, and Oracle. Oracle, right. what is Oracle? Its whole history is buying great technologies, bringing it in, adding it to their portfolio, and never improving it ever, <laughs> ever again. Well, but they went hardware when they bought Sun, so they added that to their you yes. know, server database, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's the least sexy thing in the world, and yet all they do is print money. Yeah. Um, what is interesting to me about this whole TikTok thing is not the companies that are trying to buy it, but okay. the companies that are not trying to buy it, um, i.e. Yeah. media companies. Right. Why wouldn't a media company want this? I mean, media companies are desperate to get young people. Because I think they're seeing something that the old line companies are not seeing. I think they're seeing controversy. And it's yeah. not just the Chinese data collection controversy because ByteDance, their parent company, is saying we'll split this off right. and, and collect our big check and go home. Um, remember when Disney was this close to buying Twitter? And it seemed like, ooh, that would be a good marriage. Disney, right. big media company, but let's be honest, old media company. Twitter, young, sexy news, you know, et cetera. Um, but then somebody at Disney looked at Twitter and said, this is a little too controversial. Twitter is a home for not yeah. only news people and PR people and celebs, right. but also racists and demagogues, et cetera, et cetera. You know, bots, Russians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they backed away. And I wonder if that made media scared of social media to an extent. It's possible. I mean, I wonder, Facebook has not gone after TikTok. You would think that given their history in recent years of buying the next cohort of young people, 
you know. That, yeah, but wouldn't that be kind of a, uh, you know, I mean, they were just on Capitol Hill. Well, that's true. But, uh, <laughs> maybe they're suffering from the IBM disease. I mean, Big Blue didn't get into the personal computer business for years because they were still smarting from that giant antitrust suit right. over Univac and I think Honeywell. You know, there's also the, the question of, uh, you know, ByteDance, again, the parent company, why wouldn't it spin off TikTok as an American company yeah. and hire folks? It just hired a CEO who stepped down, so there's right. some weird things happening. Yeah. So, but, you know, keep a CEO. Keep it independent as big enough. Take it public. I mean, they're doing great. Um, but I, I don't know. There must be something going on that, that we don't know yet. Well, and we don't know Chinese politics either. I mean, that's true. That could be affecting it as well. That's true. Okay. So the bid on that's supposed to come in within the next 48, well, 36 hours now. We should know any time if it's, um, you know, apparently Oracle is saying, you know, 10 billion cash, 10 billion stock, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and I don't know the, the numbers on Microsoft, Walmart, um, but these are all companies that can they got seriously a lot deep of money. Yeah. They can go a long ways in. And then there's the last minute surprise. Who knows? Why does Oracle want TikTok? I don't know. Oracle's not a retail company. No. You know, Walmart can say, hey, it's the supply chain, and we'll get all these people talking about clothes and whatever. Um, Oracle, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make any sense except... TikTok Enterprise? Is that, is that a new subsidiary? Could you imagine? No. <laughs> and, and, and maybe Oracle's the, the company that will leave it alone, that will say... Oh, yeah, because they have... A, well, they do have a history, well, leaving alone and letting it die right <laughs> yeah are kind of synonymous at oracle but yeah it has enough cash to where if it left it alone and it failed it would still be okay but if it left it alone and it thrived they look like geniuses right run it for a while use it as a cash cow sell yeah. it off okay uh apple blocked facebook did you read about this yes because apple had said this is something that had been sort of happening for a while apple saying you have to let people know if you're collecting your data if you're an app right uh, I'm a big, big proponent of that. I think the app data collection thing is is horrible. Um, and yet, that gets right in the way of how Facebook, well, collects data. <laughs> right. So and they need to come up with something, and Facebook needs to change its ways. And I'll just stop with Apple, that sentence. <laughs> well, and Apple was taking a cut, 30% cut off of all transactions going through that. Yeah, we talked about that last week with yes. the... Uh, right. So we're getting a lot of pushback on Apple all of a sudden. Which is interesting. I mean, you've just been declared the most valuable company in the history of the world, which would think would make, give you an awful lot of power out there, but you're, you can't really use that power to crush competitors or force them to do what you want. That's true, um, but it's interesting because Apple has gotten criticism for all this data collection. So yes. in one way, they look like the good guys saying, okay, Apps can't collect data if you're in our app store. Right. And that's good. They want that to differentiate themselves from the more Wild West Google Play store on the Android platform. Right. Um, on the other hand, this is what Facebook does. It right. quietly collects data. Yeah, it's two business models colliding. It is exactly that. And... Um, but I'm looking at the bigger picture. That something's happening in relation yeah. of... In, of of the, all these satellite-related companies and companies do business with Apple are starting to push back. Yes. It's almost like we made these guys richer than Croesus, you know, and we want a little share of that action now, you know? Right. You know, maybe 30% is, a, is the opening figure, and all these years later it goes down a bit, or maybe the whole model changes. But if 
where we are right now yeah. is a company saying less data collection, pushing against a company that says, no, we no, want to no, take what we want. We're built on data yeah. collection. And yeah. both are super rich. I'm going to come down on the side of less data collection. Yes, just me because too. that's safer. Uh, but if Apple has to give on that 30% in order to do that, um, maybe we just see a restructuring of the app world. And maybe it's time that we see that. It's very possible. I mean, Facebook, when you know the whole Cambridge Analytica thing came out, got in trouble not just because of that one company collecting data, but it turned out all these apps could sort of moray-like connect themselves to Facebook and collect your data. Apps you may never have heard of. Right. And there we all found that way to get into Facebook and clear off the apps. And you know, many of us did it, but I didn't even know that existed up until then. And we need to be able to know. No, we need a lot more transparency yeah. everywhere in the social networking world. You know, um, we stop. No, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw you reaching for the for the controls there. Uh, you know, I'm sensing something larger, and I want to just explore it just for a second. Uh, and that is this pushback, just what we've seen other auguries of things that might be coming. With Apple, I get this sense, you know, when Steve Jobs died, I wrote the obituary for him in the Wall Street Journal. I predicted that Apple would become richer than ever before. And goodness knows that happened. Right. Mainly because it'd be better run. But it would never be truly revolutionary and innovative again. Now, you're wearing your Apple Watch Steve Jobs' last idea, I'm not sure it was, you know, it's not the success everyone thought it would be, the revolution. Apple has not done anything profoundly innovative, a new platform, a new industry since Steve died, since the day Steve died. And I'm not sure, you got to wonder, this is becoming a mature, gigantic company, if it's ever going to be really innovative again. We still have this penumbra of Apple. They gave us all this stuff between 2000 and 2010. They changed the world four times, okay? It's created trillion-dollar industries. Have they done that since? No, it's been a while, um, and wearables are a much smaller thing than the iPhone or even the iPad and certainly the but Mac. But they might not be with the right vision. Right, they might not be. Maybe we're in the early days of that, too. Um, and I would say that a company that got that big with hardware and software in a world that favors software, well, it makes sense, both financially and you know, job-wise, to focus on the software and services. And that's where Apple makes a lot of its money now, even right. as sales have plateaued for some of the hardware devices. Yeah, but it's a cash cow now, that, that world. Right, right, it is. And, and, you know, and IBM we haven't is... had a great new platform True. In, a, in several generations. But then of, again, of microprocessors, which is unique historically. Right. But the entire tech world has just glommed on to the iPhone and the App Store. Yes. And everything we've gotten since then, whether it's the entire gig economy or TikTok or Twitter, how we you know view our news, it's all based on the App Store. Yes. And so give out. You talk to the real innovators out there, the R&D guys, they're saying, we need a new platform. Right, we need a new platform. And, and what's the next hardware thing? Yes. You know, I mean... Okay, we've electrified the car. Uh, we haven't made it fly, uh, you know, so I, or float. I, right. I'm not really sure what what people are going to do next, but there are far far smarter point. minds. That's the point. You right. don't know, but there's got to be somebody out there thinking it, and I don't think it's going to come from Apple next time. I don't see any indication. And historically, it wouldn't, because yeah. Apple's a big, old, mature. 
cash cow of a company. But the market, the consumers still don't perceive it that way. That's true. You know? Well, and you look at the Apple store and it's still very slick and, and it's yes. still the model of efficiency. Um, and you look at the stock and people are still buying it like it's a growth company. Uh, and, and in some ways it is, but it's growing in ways that you and I aren't used to because we grew up uh, with, um, you know, the Apple II and then the yes. colorful Mac and then the iPhone. Right. But if you're, if, you're, if you're a 10-year-old kid... Is this company going to be? You know, they're they're running on they're running on the vision of a guy that already has been gone for ten years. Right, and you're waiting for that first iPhone, not so you can get your first iPhone, but so okay. you can be on Snapchat and TikTok, yeah. and maybe Instagram. But you and that's wanna, what you're waiting for. But you want to be part of the next great consumer crusade, and where yeah. is it? Okay, right. uh, real quick, uh, electric bills may go up for all of us working at home. You know, that's that's just. The secondary effect of all this. Hey, this is great doing all these Zoom calls and everything until the PG&E bill comes in. <laughs> and finally, uh, the crazy Elon Musk story of the week. I think it's happening right now, right? He's been teasing that uh, Neuralink yes. is going uh, is gonna to demonstrate its brain-machine interface. That's today. That's today. What time are you covering it? Uh, no, I don't know. Well, I'm going to try, <laughs> yeah, when I get out of here. Um, but we'll, maybe we'll talk about that next week. Okay, well, I'm curious. Or maybe I'll just think about it, yeah. and you'll know yeah, what I'm thinking Yeah, I will about. know. There we go. Uh, we don't even have to podcast. Right. <laughs> okay, that's it for now, folks. You can find us on the Silicon Valley Business Journal homepage, as well as on Spotify, Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, and, uh, of course, Apple Podcasts. The Mighty Jordan just accomplished all of that, and he's, he's going to keep expanding our reach. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. See you in September. Bye-bye.